Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what you came here tonight to do. Amen. But I came to praise the Lord. Amen. Came to lift him up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Magnify him. Glorify him. Hallelujah. He is worthy of every bit of praise we can give to him. Woo. Hallelujah. It don't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you face today. He's still worthy of our praise. It don't matter what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. He's worthy of our praise. I came to praise him. I came to lift him up. I came to glorify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord we have felt in this place so far tonight. Amen. I don't expect that God's done yet. Praise God, praise God. I, I tell you what, there's something about folks getting together and praying before church. Amen. It makes a difference. Well, I said it makes a difference. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, there's something about starting service when the glory of God's already filled the house. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Mm, excited about what God is doing. Amen, amen, amen. If you turn with me in your Bibles tonight, amen, to Isaiah chapter number 12. Praise God. Amen. Fasten your seatbelts because this might be quick tonight because I don't have much voice. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. If I break my own iPad, that's one thing. I don't want to break anybody else's. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 12, verse number 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for He hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Cry out and shout. Amen. We've got Bible for what we do. Amen. We've got Bible for it. Hallelujah. David said, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Well, something about when the power of God hits you, you just can't stand still. Praise God. Praise God. For a little bit tonight, simply want to preach. Worship is what I do. 
Worship is what I do. Lift up your hands all across this sanctuary. Amen. Let's magnify him one more time. God, you are wonderful and mighty, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we cry out from the depths of our heart right now? Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. You are wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. I probably preached on this passage of Scripture here before, but amen. Just feel to do it again tonight. Felt this all day long, and Brother Jared tried to steal most of what I was going to preach tonight, but amen, you're going to get to hear some of it twice. Hallelujah. But, but we, we read here in Isaiah chapter 12, it says, In that day, if you go back one verse, he's talking about the deliverance uh, of the people of God. And he talks about how it was uh, when they came up out of the land of Egypt. He's talking about a day of deliverance. And in that day, thou shalt say, I will praise thee. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise him uh, in the day of deliverance. Though thou wast angry with me, you were upset with me because I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. Amen. Things aren't exactly right. But in that day of deliverance, I'm still going to praise you because you are my salvation. I'm going to trust and not be afraid. He is my strength and he is my song. Amen. When we pull water up out of the wells of salvation, we don't do it in sorrow. We don't do it with grief. But he said, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. In that day, he said, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Make sure everybody knows what he's doing. Make mention that his name is still being exalted. Hallelujah. All across this world, his name is being put down. And folks are taking it in vain. But I want to announce tonight, his name is still exalted. His name is still exalted. It is still a name that is above every name. It is the only way and the only name whereby we must be saved. They can use it for a cuss word. Amen. I know the power that's in the name. And his name will be exalted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing. Sing unto the Lord. Amen. This is hot. Praise God. Amen. Sing unto the Lord. Why? For he hath done excellent things. I'm going to shout for joy. Why? Because he set me free. That's what he's done. 
Hallelujah. We don't worship Him. We don't sing our songs to promote ourselves and to lift ourselves up. Amen. We do it because of what He has done. I sing because I'm happy. But why am I happy? Because He made me happy. I sing because the joy He gave me. I sing because of where He brought me from. I sing about where He's taken me to. Cry out, cry out and shout, cry out and shout. Well, I don't see why we need to make so much noise. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, if you don't like noise, I don't recommend that you go to heaven. I recommend that you don't go there. Because there's 30 minutes of silence. And then the women join the men. No. Hallelujah. There's 30 minutes of silence. Amen. And there ain't never a quiet moment again throughout eternity. There's 30 minutes where we're standing all because of where we are. There's 30 minutes of wondering what, whoa, how did I deserve this? Amen. But then there's going to be a crown cast at his feet. It's going to be dancing around his throne. Amen. You can forget the silence. It's going to be shouting. It's going to be shouting time on the hills of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not willing to cry out and shout down here, you're probably not going to get an opportunity to do it over there. Amen, I understand. Amen, that as we age, we can't do what the younger ones can do. But I'm telling you, we still have the obligation to worship Him. We still have that obligation to lift Him up and to exalt His name. (laughs) He didn't create us, amen, to find a comfortable spot somewhere. He didn't create us to enjoy being in his presence. But we're just taken, taken, taken. But we were created. He made us to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited about him. I believe... That it is biblical to run the aisles. I believe that it is biblical to dance before the Lord. David did it. When the ark came into Jerusalem, he danced before the Lord with all of his might. It's biblical to sing the praises of God. It's biblical to leap for joy. In fact, we are told to do it. I don't want to kill anything tonight. But I feel to preach a little something that goes beyond just a shout. It goes beyond 
just taking a lap or two around the sanctuary. It goes beyond just bouncing a little bit to the beat of the music. It's this thing called worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel tonight that this could be an answer to somebody tonight. That you've carried around some things for a long time. But tonight you don't have to walk out still carrying them. Because what you need to do is get beyond praise and enter into worship. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 1, it says they came over under the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, immediately, there was no break. Immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no not with chains. Why? Because that often, he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The chains had been plucked asunder by him. The fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. There's some problems that man cannot fix. There's some situations, and I know I preached about situations this morning. There's some situations that man has no solution for. Man tried everything to take care of this man that we know as the demoniac from Gadara. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped. He ran to him with a legion of devils on his back. Those devils recognized who he was. That he was not just another man. He was not just another traveler. He was not just another visitor to their land. There was something different about him. And when he got to him, the Bible said that he worshipped him. What that does not mean, he didn't dance. He didn't run circles around him. He worshipped him. That word worship means to make obeisance. You know what he did? What he was saying is I'm as a filthy rotten sinner but you are the almighty God and I can't stand before you. I'm going to give you the honor you deserve. I'm going to give it to you. That reverence because I know who you are. I'll worship you. I'll put myself down and lift you up. You see, worship does not have anything to do with me. It's all about Him. Worship's not about what I'm doing. It's about what He's done. It's about, amen, giving honor.
He worshipped him. Still bound. Still filled with devils. But in that unclean state, in that place, so bound up and tormented by life, he went and worshipped. And cried with a loud voice. Said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He asked him, What is thy name? He answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He sought him much that they were not sending him away out of the country. There was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. He came and worshipped, still carrying his burden. He came and fell at the feet of the one who had the answer. But the first thing he did was worship. I'm not trying to kill what we have going tonight. But I want to tell you something. There are some things, and I, I believe in worship. I believe in shouting. I believe in outward worship. I believe in running, jumping, dancing, screaming. I believe in that. It's necessary, but I'm telling you, there's got to come a place where we can get beyond that and go to a deeper level of worship. Where we can humble ourselves in that place and get on our face before Him and begin to worship Him and give Him that reverence and that honor that He's worthy of. It seems that so often when we get in the presence of God and when it's that time to seek God, maybe it's pre-service prayer, altar call, maybe it's our private devotion time when we're getting down to pray. But I believe that too often we start out those prayers by saying, God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. I'm telling you, a lot of times we get up and walk away still carrying a burden because we forgot to enter a place of worship. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Read several passages of Scripture tonight. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper. And worshipped him. Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Amen. If we could use that tonight, leprosy in the Bible has always been a type of sin. And I may cross up your theology right now. I want to tell you something, even carrying that leprosy, 
we ought to enter into a place of worship. If we want that leprosy to be cleansed, we need to get into a place of worship. It's really hard to be cocky and arrogant when you're trying to repent. I've seen some who try and come in all cool come to the altar. And you know what happens is they leave the same way as they came. Because if we're going to find that cleansing, we got to enter that place of worship. Where it's not about me, it's about him. It's about him dying on Calvary to cleanse that leprosy. I'm going to enter that place of worship. Well. Can we bow our heads right now? God, we need you in this place right now. God, we need you in this place right now, Jesus. God, that you would take every distraction even right now, God. God, that somehow you would bind up those thoughts, God, and put them into captivity even right now. God, we need your touch, Jesus. We need your touch right now, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're wonderful, Jesus. Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. It wasn't about a need with herself. She was carrying a need for somebody else. And she came and said, Have mercy. But... He answered her, not a word. He ignored her. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him. The first time she just came and cried out for mercy, that second time she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The difference was made when she came worshiping. 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 She had already asked him once. She went to his disciples. She went to everybody she could think of. And no one would do anything and then she came with desperation in a place, an attitude of worship.
Matthew chapter 9 and verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler. Find a theme here yet? And worshipped him, saying. Every one of these words, worshipped, worship, worshipped, it's all talking about making obeisance. Bowing down in the presence of a superior, if you would. The presence of a king. They would make obeisance when the king came by. They would bow before the king. And that is what they were doing. They were coming and humbling themselves at the feet of the king. Worshipped him saying, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. And immediately, it doesn't say immediately, but it says, and Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. There was no hesitation. The only hesitation that happened was that there was a little woman, amen, that needed a touch from God. And while he's on his way to this house of Jairus, this ruler, she interrupted him by reaching out and touching the hem of his garment. Verse 23, when Jesus came into the ruler's house, saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, give place, for the maid is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. Because of a man who was a ruler. Who went and worshipped. It doesn't matter what your state in life is, how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter if you're the poorest of the poorest, the richest of the richest, if you've got no standing in life, or if you are a king, or a president, or a prime minister. We have to find a place where we can enter into worship. I don't know about you, but I know that there are needs that I have in my life. And if I'm going to expect my needs to be met by God, I've got to be willing to find a place of worship. Where it's not about me. It's all about Him. It's not about if anybody can see what I'm doing. But I just want to give him the honor that he's worthy of. Does it matter if you've been carrying this need for a long time? Maybe you try to pretend like it's not there, but you still feel that burden. Oh, you get out and you dance a little bit and you run the aisles. Amen. But you pick that burden up and you carry it home with you when you're done. Because we can't find that place where we can get down and just worship God. You know, I, I love to do good things for my children. I like to surprise them with stuff. And they like to ask for it.
But it aggravates me sometimes. When, every, when you're walking through a store and everything they look at, they're asking for it. And then get upset when you don't buy it. You know what that means in my family? That means you ain't getting nothing today. Well, he said, well, you're mean. No. I'm not going to reward bad behavior. Praise God. But yet so often, we do the same thing to God. Wake up in the morning. <clears throat> we get in our place of prayer. We pull out the list. Say, God, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need this. I want you to protect me. I want you to keep me. I want you to have me have a good day. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And God's sitting there saying, where is the worship? Am I just the one that provides you everything without receiving worship? Oh, I know it's quiet now. I don't want to kill anything, but I'm telling you, God wants to do great things for you. But you better work your way into a place of worship. You better be willing to find that place where you can lay out on your face before Him and just worship Him. Tell Him how good He is. I'm not worthy that God should do anything for me. When I think about the mistakes I've made and the failures that I have made and the dumb things I have done, God does, I don't deserve God to do anything for me. I have no right to get upset if my prayers aren't being answered when I think about what I've done to Him. But I'm telling you, it's His good pleasure to do good things for His children. Amen. When they come and worship Him, it makes Him, amen, get excited, I believe. Amen. He wants to do good things for you. If you get to a place of worship, the things in studying out this word worship Thayer's Greek lexicon it says this word comes from another word kind of a derivative of it and that other word is referring to and this is what it said is a dog licking the hand of his master coming in that old dog Dumb old animal. Lock them in a little wire cage for eight hours while you're at work. And you come in. And they'll jump up in their lap. Our old dumb dogs start trying to lick you in the face and everything else. She loved us. Eventually, she was going to run to her food or she was going to go to her water bottle and run or jump by the sink because that's usually how she did it. She'd go jump against the cabinet, against the sink till we went and filled up her water dish. But the first thing she did was came and showed how much she loved us, how much she appreciated us. 
why should we be any different towards God? Show him how much we love him before we start asking for anything. Find a place in an attitude of worship. Adoring him. Honoring him. Exalting him. Make mention that his name is exalted. I just don't want to get into that. Hallelujah. Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, he said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, doing what? Worshiping. Those hands going in the air is that ultimate sign of surrender. I surrender it all to you, God. I'm not holding anything back. I'm just going to worship you. If you do nothing else for me, God, you've done so much. If he never blesses me again, he's gave me the greatest gift that there ever could be given. He's blessed me beyond measure. If he never blesses me again, he's still worthy to be worshipped. I'm not talking about just 15 seconds of saying, oh, you're great, God. You're wonderful, God. You know, God, I need. That's not worship. But it's that forgetting everything else. Saying right now, God, it's just your time. I'm just going to sit here and adore you. Love you. Just worship. Give you honor. You know, I think back to those ancient days when the king just riding by in his chariot and everybody, anybody in vision, down they went in honor of the king. And I've seen folks come into the house of God, into the presence of the king of kings, and never consider bowing a knee to him. Oh, you're not going to see me shedding a tear. I'm a big, tough man. Well, if you want to dance on the streets of gold beside a crystal sea, you better find a place where you can humble yourself and worship God. Where you're not ashamed to get down and put your face in the carpet. You want revival? Then worship God till revival comes. I had a man one time when I was pastoring down in Missouri. On, I respect this man. He's built a great church. Came and told me, so I'm going to give you the key to revival. I'm sitting there thinking, I've got two people. I need some kind of key. And he looked at me and said, bury your face in the carpet. 
and do it over and over and over and over and revival will come. But I don't like doing that. I hate to keep repeating myself, but it's not about me. It's about him. It's not about me. But I don't like humbling myself. Well, maybe you need to learn to like it. Because it's not about me. It's about him. You want to know why you still carry your burdens, why you're still carrying those needs? While you try to put up a good front, but inside you're miserable. Amen. It's because you haven't ran and fell at his feet and worshipped him. If you want deliverance tonight, I'm going to tell you deliverance will come when you begin to worship him. When you can forget about yourself and the ones around you. Amen. And bear your face down and worship him. Not worrying about how long it takes. Not worrying about what I plan to do later. Or what I've got to get done when I get home. Amen. But nothing else matters. I've just got to worship Him. I've got to bury my face down. And give Him the honor He's worthy of. I'm going to worship Him. Because you see, after you get to that place of worship, that's when you can ask. Amen. The need will be met. They first worshiped, and then they asked. They worshiped, then they asked. They worshiped, then asked. Worshiped, then asked. That demoniac never even asked. He just came and worshiped and said, well, don't torment me. That wasn't even him talking. It was them spirits talking. They said, don't torment us. They knew that they didn't have any authority. They knew they had no power to stay where they were. Do we not believe that? They knew that they were not staying in that man that we know as the as Legion. They were not staying there and they knew it. The minute he ran and worshipped, they knew who Jesus was and they knew they were finding a new home. They just didn't want to go too far away. There was no question of staying. Maybe this is just way too simple tonight, but I want to tell you something. If you can get your knee to the feet of Jesus, it doesn't matter how big it is, how long it's been there, if we go and worship Him, I'm telling you those things that have us bound, those things that are weighing in our mind, I'm telling you when you get in the presence of God, when you begin to worship Him, those things cannot stay. If you battle with bitterness, I'm telling you, you begin to truly worship God. That bitterness is not going to stay. You fight jealousy. Jealousy will not stay in a true worshiper. Envy will not stay. it becomes about him and not about me. Well, I'm 
that's not going to worship him. That's fine. That is your choice. But there's a rock somewhere. There's a rock that'll take your place. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm not trying to stir up anything. I'm not. I just feel this in my heart. But there's not any person in this place tonight that God can't replace. There's nobody here that God can't replace. We get this we get to this place where we think that, man, the church can't go on without me. Honey, the church can go on without any of us. It's been going on for over 2,000 years, and it'll keep going on until the Lord comes and returns for His church. We can't think that we're so special that the church cannot go on without us. When I was a kid, they used to call it being a professional Pentecostal. Knowing all the right things to do, the right time to say amen, the right time to lift up your hands, say that's right, uh, amen, but there's something that's missing down inside uh, because we know the right motion to make, uh, but there's something missing because we forgot to learn how to worship. We have an entire generation uh, that has struck the church, uh, amen, that's too wrapped up in how they look and how they appear and they forgot to worship. Amen. I'm telling you what, I'm fourth generation Pentecost. That's all I've known. But I'm telling you, there's got to be something that strikes down in our hearts. That I've got to become a worshiper. I can't live on daddy's experience or my grandpa or my great grandparents. I've got to be a worshiper myself. Oh, but I can quote one of the scriptures. I can tell you the plan of salvation. If you're not a worshiper, you better become one. It's not enough to be raised in the church. It's not enough to know the right verses. Amen. You've got to have it in your heart. You've got to be a worshiper. One of my best friends has only been in truth for three years. Loves this message, loves to worship God. We were talking one day. There's some young men we know. I say young men, they're my age. That's young. But long since backslid, walked away from God. Raised in the church. My buddy said, I would have done anything to have had that upbringing. Raised in truth. But somewhere, them folks didn't become worshipers. I'm not quite sure where to land this tonight.
see pictures of these young people that have had the honor and the privilege to be raised in the truth of the church. But when conviction's in the house and it's time to get a hold of God, they know how to go through the motions. They know just how long to go kneel in the altar to where everybody will think they're okay. But they get up without their needs being met. They get up without victory because they never enter a place of worship. How many times do we walk out the back door still packing something, carrying it, burdened down with life when the answer was right before us and all we needed to do was enter that place for worship. Say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about tonight. I told you I was raised in the church. I've been to those youth meetings where I didn't want to get too caught up in the service because my hair might get messed up. My tie might get crooked. I might sweat through my shirt. Got to keep the look. I get too excited, my neck will swell up and I'll have to unbutton my collar. I don't want to do that. Oh, you're not going to find me out there shouting tonight because, man, that's a slick concrete floor and I might fall down. You know what happened? Instead of it being about him, it became about me. And you know what? I, you, you know who it hurt? hurt me I'm the one that left without my blessing I'm the one that left without victory and all because I didn't find a place of worship worship is what I do worship worship where it's not about me it's not about When we sing, it's not because we sing so good. It's because he's so good. I've seen folks who were amazingly talented musically get up and perform in a church service. You look out across the crowd. It's unmoved, unchanged, unstirred because it wasn't about him. It was about everything being perfect and performing. And worship never entered the equation. You'd stand with me tonight. I, I don't know that I've got my point across tonight. I want to tell you, if you've come in this place with a need tonight, 
I want to invite you to this old altar to find a place of worship where it's not about me. I'm not even going to come and ask for anything. I'm just going to come tell him how good he's been to me. I may not be where I should be. I may not be living like I should be living. But I'm going to come and worship him anyways. I'm going to come tell him how thankful I am for all that he's done for me. I'm going to come tell him how mighty he is, how excellent he is, how wonderful he is. I'm not worthy of anything that he's done. I'm just going to worship. I don't want to bother him and ask him anything. I, I just want to lift him up. I just want to worship him. I want to show him that I adore him. That I love him more than anything else. I'm just going to worship him. I want to give him that honor that he's worthy of. That reverence that he deserves. To worship Him. Worship is what I do. I've got to worship Him.